Welcome in, everybody. We're so excited to have you on uh, this, I guess, unfortunately historic day in American history. Today is Wednesday, January 6th. Uh, this is Deep Fried Medicine. Uh, my name is Austin DiCivino. I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Stephen Rudden and Dan Dankovic. We are, are here today. We had somewhat of a game plan. Uh, then the actions that happened in Washington, D.C., transpired today we are still going to record the podcast because it's due out tomorrow and we have to record it tonight so the topic that we were going to talk about tonight was and still will be change and before we dive into that we want to make sure oh wait wait is it we're not doing life as neither a grower nor a shower (laughs) (laughs) that will be steven's uh (laughs) I'm out. I got nothing then. All my research. I was looking up all these. I was looking up all these stretches and whatnot. The problem with that, Stephen, is we can't do a show on being neither a grower nor a shower because we wouldn't have any opposing viewpoints. Like we're all in the same boat here. For everyone listening, that uh, that's going to be our first topic when we get our our OnlyFans up and running. (laughs) So we can have visual displays for everyone. Um, so, uh, awkward, you know, awkward transitions aside, uh, we do want to address the events that transpired today in Washington, D.C., where an angry mob of, I guess you could say, Trump supporters stormed the Capitol building. And it, it does kind of tie into what we're talking about because we're talking about change and fear of the unknown or sticking with what you know or seeking out new things. Um, and what happened today was an act of domestic terrorism. And it's extremely sad. And it's terrifying that, you know, this is who we are as a country. And like, there's no saying this is, you know, we are better this than this, we have to we have to be be better than this, because right now, this this is who we are as a country. And it's incredibly sad. And I have, I have hope and optimism still for the future. But today was just very, very jarring to see that I don't know about you guys. Oh, um, sorry. I thought we were going alphabetically. Um, yeah, no, it didn't. It was just, it, it's a shame to see. And I wish I had, you know, like words of wisdom to impart to anyone or even to myself, but just to seeing what was happening today, like I was watching it at work and it didn't feel like what was happening in DC was a two and a half hour drive away from yeah. where I was, you know, and you naturally you have conversations at work and you hear like these different rationales and all these other things I'll get into more of that in a bit but it's just you, you try to understand how this coup or you know this protest violence and raiding ultimately sounds like a good idea ever like what in it's just it's unfortunate to see and I wish there was like a definitive answer for, for, for it like we know why it happened but just, when did we when did this start that we were this is how we get things done that's it, my question well, that's the idea of america this was never supposed to be how things got done and that's you know sorry go ahead then no i was gonna say i mean it is and it isn't like it's it's just interesting the idea of like how our country started was revolution and pushing the envelope and um i mean you know in terms of like not 
being treated fairly. Um, you know, the Boston Tea Party is a great example where they, they raided ships and, you know, tossed, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone has like ever like heard their perspective, but it was literally decades worth of tea into the harbor. Like that's a, that was a big thing. Um, you, you know, that being said, that's the mentality that the people who stormed the Capitol were in. It's like, oh, we're, we're patriots. We, you know, this is what we do, but it is not the same. Um, those people were fighting for freedom and these people are uh, doing this because they didn't get their way. And mm. their, uh, quite frankly, cult leader didn't win an election, which, you know, they all claim it's like, oh, um, it wasn't fair and it's being stolen and like our rights are being infringed upon because the Democrats stole the election. And it's like, you know what, if you guys, if they really cared about the, uh, you know, the fairness of the elections and the safety of the election security, um, you know, Mitch McConnell had three security bills on his desk for most of, I think from 2017 on from Congress that he never brought to the floor. Um, they would have gave a shit when the entire, report came out on that Ukraine phone call that Trump was um, impeached over. And then, you know, they would have cared that he wasn't removed from office after literal evidence of, you know, asking a foreign government for dirt on his opponent, like came out, like it's, you're not patriots. You're whining because you didn't get your way. And I think what you just said is a perfect way to look at it. America for what 200 years our ancestors and forefathers kicked ass and took names pretty much did what they wanted to do and i think trump upholds that standard of america just that bully for lack of a better term and i just i uh, align with what you're saying and it just upholds like american tradition almost yeah i think that's an interesting thought because I feel like that is a gen generic, uh, maybe not generic is the right word, but like a lot of people have that thought that it's like, oh, he's like the representation for like a patriot and standing up to, you know, uh, the government and all that. And he's, yeah, but like, patriot. well, yeah, but you know, he's not, he's, you know, very similarly and probably has worked with a mob type organization. You know, he's yeah. bullied his way. Like you said, he, you know, he bullies his way into things and intim uses intimidation to get his way. And while, you know, the revolution and all that in American history, uh, you know, is what everyone holds up as like, oh, well, this is like, you know, this is how America was built and all that. It was, there's a lot more it was built on, which yeah. aren't, isn't, you know, <laughs> isn't the way we, we should be really looking at how to continue our country. And uh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think Donald Trump is um, proven to be a wannabe autocrat. Uh, he is what a poor person thinks a smart or a rich person is, or a dumb person thinks a smart person is or whatever phrase you want to say. He is not what you think he is. He is evil and toxic and has divided this country. And it's sad because we are supposed to be the light and we are supposed to be the example and that, that I'm not saying that we have to think we are better than everyone else as a country, but we should try to be the best of the best because that's what the ideals that we were, you know, founded on. And, and I think, Dan, what you said, what they did today wasn't patriotic, but in their mind, they were patriotic, but not to America. They were being patriotic to a person, to an occult. And I don't know if you guys saw, I saw uh, Senator 
Booker speaking not too long ago. And, and I just thought he put it very well that like there were, they were, there were American flags that everyone was carrying, but there's a lot more Trump flags and there were a bunch of Confederate flags. Today and, was the, the first time a Confederate flag has entered the white house and was paraded around. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause Austin said insane. that like, yeah. Austin said that maybe like, two minutes before you signed on yeah it's just crazy it's crazy it's crazy and it's it's sad and and i hope you know i hope this may be a unifying factor for the senate and the congress or anyone that was in the capitol building and they can they can see like hey our words actually have some negative actions because you know while those feelings may have existed they were thrown in the microwave and given room to grow by a lot of the rhetoric that was spread and has been spread around by some of our elected officials. So I hopefully as a country, we can see this very, very dark day and learn from it and try to be better because we, you know, if we're going to take, take uh, credit for all the good things that this country has done, we have to take credit for all the bad things. And th this is because of the, what we have done as a country and who we voted in and, who our elected leaders are. This is on all of us. So hopefully we can, we can be better. All right. Changes. While it is an amazing Tupac song, that's not what we're going to be talking about. What we wanted to talk about today was just the idea of change. You can tell we're running low on topics when we take something as fucking <laughs> vague as that to talk about. It's just we were just looking at Obama's old slogans because of nostalgia. Yeah, because we said, of you know what? That's a good one. Well, yes, we can. The the only other one that we could find was vote yes on Proposition Two from when he was in Illinois as a senator. So this one was a lot better. For change, I I, I think Stephen, you put it really well in the chat. Holding on to the old versus em versus embracing the new. And I know for me, like I. So like a lot of times I think I like change, but when it comes down to it, I, I fucking hate change. Like I, th I realized that about myself. Like I really struggle with change. Um, and I don't, you know, it's, I guess it's the fear of the unknown, right? That's why change is so scary to everyone. Mm -hmm. Getting out of the comfort zone. Yeah. I think that's definitely a, a most, most of what, when people are afraid of change. And uh, I feel like for me, it really depends what it is. Yeah. you know how big of a change or like you know something i've never experienced before whatever uh, but yeah it definitely that that uh fear of the unknown part of it is i think a big factor in why people don't like change is i'm trying to think like is there anything like big like i can think of like this is going to sound dumb this is, this is going to sound dumb maybe i'll edit this out but like change and, and different and new i just remember like when i realized this i was a junior in high school and i signed up for ski club in high school and this is how i know this is gonna be like dumb and be like yo this this stupid privileged kid is talking about this but um i remember like that morning like talk the first trip i had been skiing when i was like a little kid and i, I was gonna try to snowboard um that morning i was like trying to talk my mom out of bringing my equipment or like my snow stuff with me to school. I was like, no, I don't think I want to go. I don't want to go. And she's like, you've been talking about this all fall. You're going to go like you signed up for it. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, why, what is happening in my brain right now that I don't, 
I don't want to do this. And I realized it was like, oh, I don't like, sometimes I don't like doing stuff that I don't really know about or like have never done before. We're all weird, man. Yeah. Actually, and that does actually pull, uh, raise a question. And if I, Austin, if I'm prying here, forgive me. I don't ever want to pry too much. So if I do that, forgive me. But what would you say your weirdest quality is? And why do you eat mayonnaise out of the jar? <laughs> first, of all, first of all, it's Miracle Whip. All right. Get it right. Um, weirdest quality? Me? Weirdest no, quality? No, 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 no. I was only just to set up the mayonnaise joke. I don't really know. <laughs> Um, awesome. Why do you think that is with the, with like the ski club thing? And like, I know we've all, I'm sure we've all experienced it. I know I have where, um, you say yes to something, but then you are kind of like looking for an excuse not to do it afterwards, even though like you in the moment did want to do it, maybe deep down do, but just, you know, in that moment of like, you know, nut up or shut up as they say, um, you know, why, why do you think you tend to have that feeling? And then also how do you get over that? Yeah, I think, um, well, I have an answer and I'm going to be able to tie it into Chili's in a way, in a way you don't, in a way you don't see coming. Um, I think it's, I, again, like we said, fear of the unknown and it's like out of the comfort zone of what you know is safe. And I don't know if that's like going back to our evolution as human beings. It's like resist things you don't know are safe, like jumping off of that cliff or jumping off of the waterfall or whatever. I don't know why our ancestors would be doing that, but what I've tried, I've tried to recognize it in myself. And I, I really don't let it dictate too many situations. Um, But I do, you know, I always have those feelings of something that's new or something that's different. And it like, it can be as simple as like going to a restaurant or a place that I've never been before. It's like, all right, when I walk in, do I have to wait to be seated? Do I have to call ahead? Like, what's this? I don't want to order something wrong. Like all this different stuff. And um, like, I, honestly, like that's what they teach you at, at the, the yearly meetings at Chili's is like, that's why chain restaurants are so successful. It's because it's, it's, it's familiarity and it's like going to somewhere and you know what the experience is going to be and you're going to get the same food and you know, what's going to happen. But how I kind of get over it. Um, I just, I'm like, you know what? I have to be more powerful than, than these fears. And it's in my head. I'm just like, do it. And I think what was that movie? We bought a zoo with Matt Damon. Jeez. I'm talking about ski club and Matt Damon movies. I am really like pigeonholing myself here, but I think he says like, that movie and it always shows up. I mean, like never want to whatever it's streaming on now. Tearjerker. The laptop scene on the kitchen floor is incredibly sad and incredibly moving. But he says five seconds of insane courage will change the rest of your life or something like that. And it's like, all right, I may not need insane courage to go order a burrito at a place I've never been before, but like applying for a new job or going somewhere different or or like trying, like going to a gym, like starting at a new gym, just different things like that. Asking a girl out, asking your friends to do a podcast, stuff like that. I don't know if that answered your question, but I was rambling and I brought chilies into it. Piping hot, delicious chilies. Sponsor us. Please. Open 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. during the weekdays, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. weekend they, uh, on the weekend. And also, I think for some people, oddly enough, that going out and getting a burrito does take massive courage. It uh, even so, it's just anything. And like, I think I forget who said it, but somebody said, mentioned subjectivity, you know, one of my favorite words. 
is that it could be any type of challenge, but don't, you can't compare like a goal of yours, but however small it is to somebody else's like major goal or major accomplishment. And it's really just, you know, steps rather than elevators. Yeah, you're right. And, and Steven, not to side note too much. I feel like out of everyone I know, if I had my life on the line and the person holding the gun to my head was like, you need to call up a friend and ask them what their top five words are and have the person listed off without having to think about it. You would be the person I call top five words, top five words. Cause you just said subjectivity is like one of your favorite words. Oh, and I feel yeah. like you have a top five words ready to go at any given moment. I do do it. Let's hear them. Subjective. I, uh, subjective. Objective, cytoplankton, uh, SpongeBob, <laughs> no, and uh, fedoras, obviously, and neckbeards. <laughs> Hello, my lady. I think a big part of the, um, you know, for me anyway, of uh, being, you know, nervous to try new things, or like you were saying, is being very gung ho about something at one point, and then once you're there, you're like, oh shit is um, sometimes I just don't want to look like an idiot, Um, which normally it's not that. I don't care about that. It's mostly like when that happens, it's I'm trying not to let people down. Like, I don't don't mind fucking up. Like, I don't mind fucking up for myself. If I'm, uh, like like your example, snowboarding. Like, I love skiing, snowboard, I snowboard, but like I love going. I'm not the best, but I can, I have fun. I go down, you know, I don't fall a million times, only a couple thousand, but you know, I have fun and I can do that. Learning that I was on my own, just going down during, you know, fucking white kids ski club in middle school. And that's how I learned. And, you know, I didn't mind doing that, but if I'm with people and I'm like learning like a sport or like just really anything where like my performance can affect other people in a negative way, like that's when I kind of get that, like, Oh, I don't know. I don't really know. Like, like this is like, I start doubting myself on whether or not I can do it. And then I overthink it and that kind of stuff. And um, that, that was a big thing, especially, I mean, really uh you know, into and through college, I wouldn't try new things because of that. I didn't want to let people down who were also involved in it and stuff like that. Wouldn't did you say wouldn't try new things? Would not. Yeah, I would oh, not okay. try new things because of my fear of like letting others down, um, you know, or like letting my performance in whatever it happened to be like affect someone in a negative way. It's an interesting. That's an interesting take on it I didn't I never thought of it like that but yeah like going to do stuff with other people or or like um like even before meetings for work like if I have to go out to a meeting or go to another business I like I google map that shit like I'm the like the the freaking CIA I couldn't think of any abbreviations there nice one yeah, thanks. What what's the the NCI or whatever or N- NCIS NSA NSA that's it NCIS. <laughs> you know I call that New Orleans. I, I call the um, the National Cancer Information Center. I say NCIC all the time. <laughs> I actually, it's NCIS. 
But like, I Google that. I want to know what the front door looks like. I want to know what the parking situation looks like. I leave 20 minutes early, like all that stuff, but also going to do things with other people. That's, that's also super, super true. Yeah. And I think to overall change would, could potentially stem from like where you consider you are just in life. If like, if you're happy where you are doing what you're doing, then yeah, you're not going to necessarily want to look for change because uh, you are so comfortable and you're content. Whereas if you're not happy with where you are, if you feel as though you come up short in some aspect of life, a career or not, whatnot, you're going to work harder to make a change just to ultimately search for happiness mm. or contentness or just you know, contentness. We'll go with contentness. And I think, Stephen, that brings into like one of the right. So we're talking about external changes right now, right now. So like external changes, new environments, things like that. The other part of this that I wanted to kind of get your guys thoughts on is internal change, like growing as a person and changing your thought process and changing your mindset around things, because that's not easy either. And if we look at this past year of 2020, there was more and I can, again, only speak from my perspective and my position as a, a white male who lives in uh, you know rural suburban New Jersey. In my networks and what I saw, there was a lot more conversation and dialogue or sharing of information surrounding racial inequality or police reform or sensitive topics that are happening in society. And I have seen quite a few people completely shift on their viewpoint and some of it's been really hardened and angry and some people were like hey I was really thinking about this all wrong I think that's even the hardest change is is that self-awareness piece is looking at yourself and realizing like hey however I've been thinking about this whether it's a societal issue or your approach to work or hey maybe I won't be an asshole driver um, because I I live in Pennsylvania and I'm going to try to you know buck the trend like that's, I think, even harder than, than those, the external changes. And I don't know how you guys think about that, but like that it's, that's hard to do, but it's really important, right? To change is required for growth and fighting that urge means that you're approaching either something good or, you know, maybe something bad. No, man, I agree. 100% Pennsylvania drivers suck. They are the worst. The no, no. worst. Um, Sorry, I wanted to get it, get it in there. Yeah, Dan, get for it. <laughs> no, I think uh, it, would, it, it was very interesting to see, especially this year with everything, it's, you know, 2020, with everything going on, um, the type, the different types of people that I know. Um, and, you know, obviously a lot of it comes out on social media, not being able to go and, talk with people face to face like that's what i'm going to base it mostly off of is a lot of the social media stuff and all that but uh it was who was willing to take into consideration things that were happening and change their opinion or adjust their opinion you know it doesn't have to be a complete 180 but just kind of be like you know this is obviously wrong and i don't have to continue to push my my thoughts because i was wrong and uh, it was very interesting to see um, uh, who was willing to make that change in their view and who was not. Um, obviously, I think we, 
you know, if you're on social media or, you know, have, you know, uh, a lot of different, you know, people in your life, um, political, politically, uh, uh, political stance wise, uh, you're going to know people who, uh, regardless of what facts come out and what happens and what's caught on tape and whatever, uh, they're not going to change their mind about who they're voting for, who they want as president and, you know, whatever, as an example, like they're, they're just, they're going to stay there. I know I did. I saw people who, you know, again, you know, in light of today's events, I voted for Trump in 2016, saw the last four years and went, yeah, no, I'm not yeah. voting for that again. And, you know, and then a lot of people who, you know, I didn't see a lot of people going the other way, unfortunately, you know, not unfortunately, but um, it was, it, you know, it was very interesting to see the changes in people's attitudes. Um, uh, I mean, even down to morals in some, you know, in some cases and in, in what people were, um, you know, what people were saying is too far for particular yeah. things. Like we were saying like right before we started recording that this year, literally everybody had to have a political opinion. There was just no, yeah. Yeah. Getting out of it. And maybe somebody was leaning one way at the beginning. And then like Dan was saying, change their minds based off of evidence. It wasn't necessarily following crowd. Hopefully it was them forming their own opinion, but it was based off of what, and again, naturally that can raise the argument of like everything that was altered and censorship and everything, but that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, it's just so many people didn't have a choice other than to have this political opinion and get involved in these conversations that we usually typically try to avoid. I saw a stat. Um, I don't know if this is true. We have to fact check it. Chat fact. Oh, I can't talk. We have to fact check this. And our fact boy, Troy, is not here. Why did I try that sentence? That was fucking terrible. Um, I'm just going to cut this out. I'm not even going to say that part. because. Well, now you can't. Now I can't. It, I used the phrase fact boy, Troy. Fact boy, we Troy. To... Fact boy, Troy. Fact boy, Troy. Have to keep it. Yeah, I, I th- like that. I think I saw that Newark police the first time this year didn't have to use their guns. Is didn't, that fire, didn't fire their weapons in 2020. Fuck yeah. How sick All the protests and everything. No no Newark police officer fired their gun in 2020. It's amazing. How amazing. sick is that? Go Garden State. Along the, uh, To go along with that, I did see that stat. I forget where it was from. I'm sure New Jersey dot, or NJ.com has it, um, I believe. Uh, murders in Newark were down 6%, which if you're not familiar with Newark is a very big deal. Um, And it was during a recession, which generally uh, crime and murders go uh, go up. So it was a very big deal. Um, A big part of that was the change in um, um, using de-escalation tactics and re- and training police in de-escalation rather than just going in with force and it, you know with the protests that happened um they remained peaceful in newark 100 there was no violence there was no riots because the police walked with them 
Wow. In solidarity. And it was, yeah, I did see that stat and it was a really amazing thing. And big changes for Newark, which is. Yeah, no, I remember hearing that during the protest too. It was like, yeah, no, Newark, New Jersey is fine. Don't even worry about it. It's a beautiful, historic and city. And Newark and Camden both yeah. had peaceful protests. This And it was. They are important communities Amazing. and they are on the rise. And I, I could get on a soapbox right now and go off, but like the reasons that all of these things, like we're talking about those in those communities is that this stuff affects communities of color at a higher rate. Like heck, even cancer affects communities of color at a higher rate. Health equity is totally different. Access to care, access to services, all that stuff. So just that's that I thought was very interesting and 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 that's not someone coming into newark that's a third party and doing that that community is coming together and saying this is what we want to do and um it's great and i hope i hope fucking awesome um and and talking about that so that's change right so that's change that's recognizing change and the other part we've been talking about like the scary part of change we've talked about internal change external change but there's a lot of really good stuff with change and and that's the what i kind of want to talk about to round it out here is the good things of change. So I, like I'm bringing this topic up, knowing I'm gonna ask this question. I don't have an example lined up. So I'm gonna kind of bring it up slow so you guys have a chance to think about it or I could just edit it, fuck it. I don't give a shit, I'm all over the place tonight. But is there a moment of change that you remember kind of being hesitant about? And then afterwards you're like, why, why was I hesitant about this? This is great. This, this, this change was a huge payoff. Cause actually I have one, cause I thought of one. Where you guys go? Oh, Dan, you're muted. Oh, you're not gonna oh. tell us. Oh, I was gonna say. Well, I was. <laughs> I said, "Well, hit us while I try and okay. think of one." So the biggest, the biggest leap of faith or biggest uh, change happened in 2015. It was actually, it's actually why I work at the American Cancer Society. So I had been working in some like advertising technology companies, working with like really smart people on really cool things. And I just didn't feel like it was right for me, right? Like I I wanted to do something different and I didn't know what that necessarily was. I applied at the American Cancer Society. Mind you, I applied three times before I got to even have an interview with the American Cancer Society. I applied fresh out of college and I applied a couple other times, but the third time or the fourth time, I actually finally got an interview. Went through the whole interview process, my girlfriend at the time was living in Florida. She was about to move back. We were going to try to get our first apartment together. And the plan was, I was looking for a new job anyway. Plan was to work in New York City and find some ad tech job or marketing job or like, you know, some other corporate job. And I was like, what the heck? Let me just apply to ACS. I didn't apply to any other nonprofits. I really cared about the mission. Got through all the interviews. I met Alex Barron, who ended up being like one of the best people that we ever worked with. Shout out Alex, who also sold me this place. Um, and I got the job offer and I got the offer and the salary was not what I like. It wasn't what I was requesting. Right. Because I was going from a sales job in advertising technology to like a, a just working grassroots nonprofit, like bad career choice financially, great career choice intrinsically and, and ethically, I think. I remember sitting in front of my computer, Skyping with my girlfriend, like almost in tears. And I was like, I want this job so bad, but like, I don't think that we can make it on the salary with trying to get an apartment. We have all this student debt. We have all this just debt because we were going to try to move her up and, and all that stuff. And I remember sitting on that computer on the screen and she was like, you have to take this job. Like we will figure it out. 
Like you have to do it because if you don't do it, in her mind, she was like, I don't want to fucking hear about this the rest of my life. But she said, she's like, if you don't do it, you're going to regret it forever. And I took the job and luckily, you know, Chili's took me back after being away for a little bit. And I bartended on the weekends for years and years afterwards. And it was the best decision I ever made. But like everything in my head was like, don't do it. It's a bad decision. But in my heart, I was like, I got to do this. And she talked me into it. And, you know, that's I, that is the biggest thing to me that I had to take a leap of faith and go into something that I was really scared of. And it's been um, it's paid off. I'll say that it's I, I do. I do love my job. I got nothing. Yeah, I was gonna say I got nothing. I'm, I'm like tr- sitting here trying to think, like, yeah, like something. I don't know. Like, this, I feel like I got one. Oh, go ahead, Stephen. I'm gonna it, still try to think. It just crossed my mind and whatnot. Um, back in community college, you know, you everybody tries to usually tends to keep to themselves. I was most definitely one of that. Um, don't get me wrong, I am a people person, but it's in the right context being in school it was not i was not there to make friends i was there for a reason but ultimately i got involved um with a community service program rotaract you've heard of rotary yeah 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 rotaract's great yeah rotaract Rotaract is rotary for anyone 30 and younger and it was still probably one of the coolest things i've ever done went down to dc not today but yeah went to the embassies and got to go to all these embassies and to this day we are six years strong. I actually started this food packing event and we would have packed a million meals this year, but because of COVID, we didn't do it. Dude, drop the invite. Drop the invite. We'll go. I want to go to that. I want to help. Can I help or do I have to be part of it? No, it's a volunteer base. We started it six years ago and now it's just like this huge, it's the biggest fundraiser at RV. Get the fuck out of here. That's awesome, Steven. Yeah, and it's still like the coolest thing that I've ever done. And I want to get back into something like that so bad. Dude, that's awesome. That's so cool. So are you still involved in that organization? No, I'm 31 now. I turned 31 in December. Thanks for saying happy birthday, guys. When was your birthday? I'm not telling you. (laughs) You blew it, man. I couldn't believe it. We talked that day, too. And I was like, oh, I guess they don't know. Get the fuck. I will fight you. When is your birthday? When's Every your year? birthday? Uh, oh. Every year, bro. I'm so bad with birthdays. I know mine. I, I know Jess is. I know my dad's. That hurts. My man. brothers and my sister, like basically my immediate family, and my aunt because she's a <laughs> twin with my dad. <laughs> that works too. And see, if I you don't have Facebook, you're you're pretty much shit out of luck. You got to keep a calendar. So Dan, yeah. I don't have your birthday. When's your birthday? No, don't tell him. Don't tell him, Dan. I know when I'll your birthday you is. Mud. Don't I'll tell him. But if you show me yours, <laughs> well, I'll chat it to you. Wait, what about me? That's so funny that you can send that privately. <laughs> Shit. Well, also knows mine. I don't know why I chatted it to you. <laughs> yeah, um, when's yours, then, Stephen? December nineteenth. December nineteenth. Okay. I'm putting it in my calendar. You had it. I didn't have it. For years. How did I have it? You asked one day. Okay. You. Oh, my God. It is in my calendar. Oh, my God. It's in my calendar. It's in my calendar. And it repeats yearly. Oh, my God. I'm a bad so person. What were, uh, that's what were, fucking great. 
That's hilarious. So what what were we talking about? We were talking about your um, volunteering at RV. Yeah, I, ultimately largest... that is if I had if I could live my life with money of no option, I would be doing projects like that, community outreach, yeah. everything I can. And I think a lot of people would, but they are stuck financial terms or whatever it may be just trying to get by let alone yeah being able to help anyone but and i think if you know the opportunity was there everybody would yeah it's interesting those like the, the reason rich people don't donate percentage wise as much as poor people is because that's how they became rich is they they don't give their money away kind of thing because um, it's like, you know, there was something, I forget what it was that uh, Jeff Bezos like donated to. And it was like, like, a, like a couple million dollars. Million. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if you did the math, it would be the equivalent. If you made $40,000 a year, it was the equivalent of you donating $20. Like, like, yeah. like, yeah, it's a lot. And I'm sure it did a lot for that charity, but like, like you can, like people who can do a lot more, you generally don't and it's a, it's a shame. Jeff Bezos could be a real life fucking Iron Man or Batman, and he's not. Yeah, I saw that post too. Steven, I don't. I'm gonna fucking. You're gonna be a butthead. I don't know. How to homeless, say. yeah, homeless veterans. Nope. What was it? Children with cancer. It's not a thing. He could be Batman, but he's blowing it. Yeah. All right, elephant masturbator. Guy. I think he's just afraid he'd have to kill his parents. <laughs> 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 So, okay, we've talked about internal change, external change, all these different things. Oh my God, it's eleven o'clock. What's we the, gotta get? We have to get better at this, guys. I know. I gotta edit this. What's the deep fried medicine here? What are we swallowing? That's deep Delta fried. Go changing to quote Al Cold. Biden won the election. Wait, first of all. Oh. Hang on. I resign. <laughs> it is not 11 o'clock, and you just brought up one of my favorite movies that mm. I don't think I've ever met anyone else who has watched that movie. Are you kidding me? That's my. Oh my God. What movie? Dude, that's top 10. We're not telling Out you. Out Cold. One of okay, Zach Galifianakis' first films. Jason London. Um... Roy from The Office plays a yeah, gay Roy bartender. Really? It is amazing. It is a movie about a small ski town in Alaska. Wait a minute. You've never seen Al Cole? No. Oh, my God. I'm oh about to mail you the DVD. East 6 anytime? Dude, it is. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. it I also so want – I need to watch Dogma, too. I've never seen that either. And I you never seen Dogma? It. I can't find it anywhere. It's like $80 on it's Amazon. Expensive, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh my god! I just love Matt Damon. Jesus Matt Damon in Out Cold? No, he's not. Probably fucking sucks. <laughs> no, it's a phenomenal movie, man. Carpe the oh, Diem sees the carp. Thank you. <laughs> I oh, awesome. I you would you love so much now that I'm hearing all these quotes tied to it. I just guess I never got the. You did. Never it's got Casablanca. Never seen that. Have a good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Steven, put your shirt back on.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Deep Fried Medicine. We can't wait to talk next week. As always, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and listen.